Welcome, good evening everyone. Nice to be with you again. So tonight, tomorrow we'll meet also. I'm just going to ask the questions and then on the weekend here we'll talk uh, more formally, uh, beginning with the uh, celebration of the Nishinga Chadurasi, Bhagavan Sri Nishinga Dev Kijai. Any question tonight? Yes. Um, we've been, we just started the Paramatma Sandarbha and talking about the, um, the jiva having two bodies, the gross body and the mental body. And, um, and so we have to become a witness to these bodies because it's not really ourself. So how does how does one really go about like separating oneself, especially from the emotional body? Like so identified with our. Uh, that's a good question, um, but I think that uh, the answer is that it begins with theoretical knowledge. So uh, without the relative to our conceptual orientation, then we're going to function, we're going to act, and relative to how we act, we're going to attain a certain fruit. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, it's the was the uh, concerted opinion of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that the sacred texts of the Hindus um, basically uh, focus on three, these three um, aspects, if you will, of uh, categories of knowledge, Sambandha, Abhideya, Prayojana, Sambandana means, actually it means relationship, so it, it means the how uh, things fit. We can say it's all one, as, as we do, Advaigyan Tattva is the, is the description of the nature of reality given in the Bhagavatam. Vadanti Tattvidas Tattvam Yad Jnanam Advayam. Jnanam Advayam means non-dual. Advayam, Nandu, Gyanam, it means really knowledge, but it, 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 it means uh, uh, consciousness, in which lies the, uh, the, the uh, ability to know, hmm? right? So, um, now having said that, of course, the Bhagavatam at the same time and it's and it's and it's useful, really, to uh, to cite such texts. It's uh, you know these spiritual ideas, uh, ideas about let's say the nature of consciousness, have become um, something of interest in modern uh, Western society in recent uh, decades, and uh, that to some extent, based on scientific observation, for example, of the subatomic world that uh, where th- things went on that seemed to contradict the uh, otherwise observed um, um, macro-mechanistic world. And that, along with the very uh, subtle 
influence of, of the East through uh, uh, through art. There was a, I went to a, a, not so long ago a a uh, art um, exhibit that depicted the um, uh, the influence and the timing of Asian uh, Eastern art in Western society and how it had infiltrated and and in a very subtle way captured, if you will, a, a portion, a segment of the uh, the thinking of the of the Western mind. You may have read Passion of the Western Mind. It's a good book that gives a, a, a an overview of the whole development of thought in the West. And when I read it, I kept thinking, what about the East? What about, <laughs> you know? Uh, and of course, the, the, it was very well written. Uh, it's, a, it's a famous book. And um, and in the end, the author, I forget his name now, and it is a, it's a textbook in many, many universities also. In the end, he, he, he has us, he's come like from Eslan, you know, Institute from, from the 60s, type of an educated person. Um, so he had a very... Uh, spiritual kind of outlook uh, to life. And so in the end, he, he starts coming on with this uh, rational explanation of, of, of a spiritual kind of worldview that's very Eastern without, you know, saying so, so to speak. Um, so um, <clears throat> at any rate, uh, as the museum was showing, the art exhibit was showing, the, the ways in which through art, this is just one way, that the Eastern mind, if you will, has uh, captured a portion of the Western mind, and, and, and due to owing to its uh, its very nature, as you can readily understand, that would be very subtle. Hmm? It kind of, you know, comes in the back door, so to speak. There's nowhere now you could say, um, for example, in modern science, that science looks outside of itself, which it hardly ever does. Hmm? But if there's anywhere that it has, with regard to the nature of consciousness, at least, at least some people have taken a look towards the East, where this has been a subject forever. It hasn't been a subject in the West. Uh, in the Bible, there's no explanation of the uh, Atma, for example. There's no explanation of the soul. You have a Platonic, if you want to take that, the beginning of Western um, civilization thinking, uh, Plato's idea, of course, it, what you have there is Greece, and you know it's next to, close to India, right? There was uh, there was um, historically, as we know, there is considerable um, um, exchange of, of, of thought. It's when it looked look like India got the better part of that, um, where you have that Heliodorus, what's it called, Heliodorus column, where one of the like i guess it would be ministers of of the some reigning i don't know the detail, details of the history monarch of of the greeks who had come to india and basically been conquered by the ideas and uh, uh glorified the god vasudev you know as like just dethroned hercules or gave him another name or something like like that, so um, so, uh, and then for some time in Europe, 
there was this Neoplatonic idea that's just very basically a form of um, Vedanta hmm? uh, uh, that was circulating around until, of course, the Savior came and the one miracle was sold uh, very heavily throughout Europe um, that no pagan um, shaman could uh, could replicate or could could do anything in comparison to as it goes the story goes returned from the dead hmm? might cure a person in this way and that way it was magical at least not understood how it was done at the time um, and, but to bring him back from the dead that, that that's another thing so this miracle was sold throughout Europe and then all with that and the sword of course then and 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 money hmm? considerable money the, the Pope was a rich fellow and, 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 he, and Rome was the capital of really of Europe so it was very wealthy the wealth of course big, uh, 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 soiled the fabric of, of of the church and then you had your offsprings and so forth with your Protestant revolutions and it was due to the corruption of the church due to wealth and and so forth. But anyway, with wealth and the power of the sword and the selling of the miracle and so forth, all these ideas uh, largely were, were shut down and replaced with Christi- with Christianity. Um, and, and 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 then with the scientific revolution, you, then of course you, you you have this idea that wow, now through this uh, this methodology, we're going to demonstrate the truth of the Almighty, you know, God. But it didn't turn out that way, right? It it kind of worked uh, uh, against them. There was a faith and and reason, and observation started to come at odds, and that was the beginning of theology in the West to try to harmonize observation and reason and and faith uh, and so forth, and it survived obviously uh, to uh, to some extent. But uh, as I've said before. What did I say? I said that. Uh, <laughs> I said I've said that. Uh, yeah, science was born as a Christian originally, and then it became uh, agnostic, and now in its adolescence, really, where it's really feeling its oats, it's become largely an atheist. But if it is to survive into old age, it'll have to become a mystic. Hmm? Where there is this uh, meeting of, 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 you know, two ways of really being concerned about the nature of being and, and pursuing it, hmm? from which we can gather information and different perspectives on that same nature of being and reality. So, um, and that's an important point, as an aside, because through science and observation, we can arrive at some understanding of the nature of the of of really. There's two questions. What's out there, and who's asking the question? That's all there is to life. What's out there, and who's who's asking? Hmm? And um, in one sense, what's out there is what is who's asking. <laughs> uh, also, hmm? so <clears throat> so this 
gradually we have this influx of Eastern thought as Christianity started to become, or as science started to become agnostic, deistic, rather than Christian, for example, the idea that God had no influence on the world, but he exists. He set it in motion like a clockmaker. Now he's he's taken rest. Um, um, uh, with these ideas and the mechanistic sense of how the world works, it was thought that we figured everything out, how it all works, and there's no room for any outside influence because hmm. we know all the parts. Hmm. And about consciousness, well, that, that's not important. It, it, it wasn't a, well, it really wasn't a topic. So whatever it is, it's, you know, it's like steam or something, you know, from engine, you know. Um, but it's not driving anything. It has no, you know, it's, it's not one of the forces. There's electric, what is it, strong and weak nuclear forces. There's electromagnetic energy. There's gravitational forces and, and so forth. Of course, when gravity was first um, discovered by Newton, they started to think he's gone off, he's gone back to the occult. Hmm? How can something move another thing without physical contact? That's what physics is about, and how one thing you know, moves another thing, right? So to speak, right? Hmm? So they thought he's, he's regressed, but of course, uh, it, it, uh, he was, he was correct about it. And they kind of subsumed it in and brought it in <laughs> and so forth. I don't think you can really, uh, um, gravity is still a pretty mysterious, um, force actually. But at any rate, consciousness was, was not an, really an issue. Then, as I say, in the 20th century, it, through science, it started to become, well, I would say that there was some, some, some doubts about the assured, uh, the, 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 the certainty hmm, in the community as to how the world works and, and so forth that arose. But because, uh, you know, the quantum perspective and view of the subatomic world uh, I think it came, isn't in like the 20s or something like that. Hmm? But in time, then we also have come the 50s, really a little before that, you have Vivekananda came in the previous century. Uh, but come the 1950s and the 20th century and the 1960s, you have a lot of this ingress of Western, of Eastern, Eastern thought catering to the, to the discontent of the, um, you know, people from my generation who, to the surprise of their parents, were not happy with a washer and a dryer and a box in which somebody talks. And even we even have a color version of it, kind of. The first color televisions were, I think I like the black, white, and white better. Um, so, you know, they had come through the war and the United States had prevailed and became the most prominent country in the world. That's why... Uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsri Thakur, in his campaign, which in which he sought to to share the uh, teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with the Western world, he this was when Brit Britain was still um, ruling over uh, over India. He expressed a desire to go to America 
and have ten years to circulate in America because he obviously he had a vision that America would become the United States would become the most uh, prominent dominant country in the world. Pujapatridamar said, and he got those ten years plus two in the form of his disciple, Pujapatridamar Bhagavadanta Swami Prabhupada, and so and that was in uh, the 60s, and that was one example of Eastern thought coming in a prominent way and into a fertile uh, field, if you will, of discontent, hmm? discontent with uh, with with the idea that through acquisition. Hmm, you could become happy. I mean, if you were living in the 1930s and you were like my mother used to tell me we, that she has to wait in the in the in the bread lines, you know, in the soup lines, to eat, sometimes, then you might think that material acquisition was uh, where I, that in which happiness uh, could be found. But if you were, you know, the next group, <laughs> and you had all those things in a ranch house and so forth and whatever that you lived in, then uh, the, you know it didn't turn you on so much that you had a dryer <laughs> and a washing machine and, and, a, and, a, and a, a, a box that you could talk to somebody inside of on the other end, you know, which uh, they had party lines at those times, you know. You listen in on other people. Tell <laughs> what's going on in the neighborhood. So, uh, so anyway, there was fertile, fertile ground, and this, so these Eastern ideas came, and, and and so there's any any number of ways we could talk about it. Um, in uh, the into the into the lexicon, uh, you know, of the English language, we find karma guru. They're all kind of gurus. Um, karmas. There's a, plenty of software companies named Shiva or, or this one or that one. You know, so it's, it's so these are uh, some evidence of this kind of creeping in, if you will, subtly. Hmm. I, don't, I don't have to get to your question. I forget what it was, but um, but was it <laughs> something about how do we how do we understand the, the how do we do that? How do we get separated from the, the body mind uh, complex, right? Yeah. So, so that, that, that there is the point is the beginning of my answer is that 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 by theoretical knowledge, by a different orientation, sambanda, sambanda gyan, sambanda gyan. Uh, I've rendered it in English as a conceptual orientation. So, if the nature of being is advaigyan, non-dual consciousness. Hmm? Hmm. Um, there are different ways to talk about that, to think about that, hmm? that it's non-dual. Uh, let me give you an example. There's, a, there's an Upanishadic um, aphorism, uh, Sarvam Kalo Vidam Brahma. Sarvam Kalo Vidam Brahma. Everything is Brahman. So you could think, okay, everything is Brahman. Or you could think everything is Brahman. There's a difference in that emphasis. Everything is Brahman is a kind of simplistic explanation. But everything is there, and it's also Brahman. So there are things 
and they're different, and they're all Brahman. Everything is Brahman means like there's only Brahman. Everything is Brahman means there's all kind of things, and they're all Brahman. <laughs> That's a very a more nuanced uh, way of, uh, uh, of looking at it. Just one example. So, in the great schools of Vedanta, which again, modern community has looked a little bit in that you know direction. There even been some converts like uh, the Capra, right? What was his his original book? No, Fritjof Capra. Was it the that was it, the Tao of Physics, the Dance of Shiva, or something? The Tao of Physics, something. Yeah, you know, a long, long time ago. Of course, he would be considered a heretic from the scientific community, pseudo-scientific, and so forth. But there is this this crossover. They, they didn't look to the Bible, and then there's nothing wrong with the Bible. But it's about more about believing than it is about the nature of being. Hmm? The Gita is more about the nature of being, right? Hmm? It asks, it speaks to us about the nature of being, and a very in a, in a very compelling way. Which sets us up for the beliefs that it asks us then to assume. So in the Gita, for example, the first six chapters are all about you. Who doesn't want to hear about themselves? And what's the conclusion? You're amazing. And you're not, you can't burn, you can't be burned, you can't be blown away, you can't be blown out, you can't be drowned. You cannot be harmed by any weapon. You're not this, you're not that, neti, neti. You're none of these things. And what you are, you're amazing. That's chargeabat. You're amazing. He's talking about that self. So some, right, there's the body-mind complex, and then there's you. Hmm? What's the relationship between the two, right? That's... Some I just some fundamental simplistic idea of sambandhagyan. What is the if everything is Brahman? This pulsating ultimate reality that's alive, conscious that's that that that, that is not like things that are here today and gone tomorrow. So it's it's sat. It's not like things that that have no. Uh, no chit, no consciousness, no gan. So it's chit, it's ananda. Hmm? It's not a, it's not a thing that, that by attaching myself to, I become ha- unhappy, ultimately, because I can't keep it. Hmm? In other words, matter in all of its forms has no ananda in it. The ananda is in the self. When we think it's mine, then it makes me happy, hmm? because it, because it's the, it's the, it's the I that's now transformed into my hmm, that I'm chasing. Hmm? My car makes me happy. Your car, I don't really care about. <laughs> it's, it's mine. It's I that I care about. Hmm? It's the self. Hmm? Right? So, so, there's this, the ideas, there's Satchit Ananda. I recently quoted a a Christian theologian, I think he's a um, Eastern Orthodox fellow. He wrote a book called, what was it called? God, 
Satchitananda, something like that. Yeah. Quoted him a few times. Anyway, he felt that this Hindu phrase, Satchitananda, really encapsulated better than anything else uh, or, or constituted a, a definition of God. Hmm? Now, his understanding of Satchitananda could use from the Hindu perspective, from the Vedanta perspective, a little fine-tuning, but but it but it is a very concise way of speaking about God uh, or reality, something that endures, hmm, that's alive. Hmm. It has ananda. Ananda means love, really. So, so if the the, the, the Godhead, the Absolute, is exists. It 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 it, it knows. It uh, it is happy. Hmm? Uh, something like that. Um, um, and we're a spark. We would look at it like this: that to use an analogy, the Godhead is a fire. Hmm? Okay, the God is one fire. But now a fire is the same time as has 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 I would say like let's call it powers. Let's say the fire is an energetic source and it has energy. Can you separate the two, the energy and the energetic? At least we can talk about them. So fire has, for example, heat and light. You can't have fire without heat and light. Fire has sparks. Okay. What else does it have? Smoke. Wherever there's smoke, there's fire, it said. So so all these things are fire. Smoke is fire. Hmm. Yeah, spark is a fire. Heat and light are fire. Fire is fire. Hmm. So to use this analogy then, smoke is the body-mind complex that's covering the spark that is the Atma. Hmm? Are they different? No, they're one. Because they're both fire. Aspects of the fire. Powers of the fire. Energy of the fire. At the same time, they're different. They're one and they're different at the same time. So we have a, a non-dual notion that, that at the same time has variegatedness to it, has variety to it, which, of course, if ultimate reality is to be, uh, let's say, love, then it has to have some movement, right? It has to have some movement. It has to have a significant other that you're one with in the same way that you and I in love become we. That's like a third thing, right? That you and I are still are, are within, hmm? but we're uh, we're one. Hmm? Right, like I say, Ian and I are one. We're on the same page. We're in the same paragraph, the same sentence, the same parenthetical phrase. Same we're in the same word. There's still me and Ian, but so this is a this is what the Vaishnavas bring to the to the to the to Vedanta. 
in all of their schools, of which there are several, uh, compared to what might be called radical non-dualism, for example, of Shankar, where there's only, okay, there's, there's, I said, who's, who, there's some, what's out there and who's asking the question? Hmm? Are they the same? Are they different? Could they be both? Hmm? <laughs> Interesting questions, right? Hmm? Are they the same? Are they different? Or could they be both? So we say they could be both. Hmm? They could be one and they, they could be, they could be different from, from one another at the same time. Hmm? <clears throat> Modern um, materialism, physicalism, naturalism says they're all one, it's all one. Is it one or are they different? The observer and, and the observed. So modern materialism says they're all one, it's all one. But that's a materialistic form of non-dualism, right? It's, it's all physical forces, that's all. Physicalism. Naturalism means there's nothing outside of the natural world in which there can be nothing unnatural. It's a good point to raise to naturalists. If you're a naturalist in a, in a philosophical sense, then you cannot admit to anything unnatural. <laughs> Oil slicks, for example, on the ocean are natural. Hmm? Um, school uh, shootings are natural. It's just nature. It's the way it works. There's nothing unnatural. Any any call for unnatural something, it, 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 it's really just a play. It, it's just a drama. It's not the reality. Sometimes the naturalists and the scientific committee want to bring us down to the reality. It's But it's a, it's a truth or a reality from their perspective that you can't really live. You can't really walk or talk that. Hmm? You can't just go, it doesn't make any difference if they shoot kids at school or if you know if they pick flowers. It's it's just physical forces moving. There's no absolutely real in any outside of human convention good or bad action, and neither does any good or bad thought. I mean, so it's funny because naturalism is a is a philosophy. Materialism is a philosophy that touts itself as being rational and thinks that religion is irrational, but it leaves in actually no place for ration, reason to have any bearing on the nature of truth. Because there's no right thought or wrong thought. There's just, the brain is just physical neurons firing. That, that, that's all, there's no self in there. Hmm? Your, in other words, your idea that this is good or bad, this is all just human play. It's 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 a, it's just a creation. It's it's a it's a it's an illusion. The whole of the material everyday going on that we concern ourselves with, from the point of view of naturalism, is really just an illusion. Hmm? What about your conscience? If you do something that you would call really bad, and you feel. Yeah, but there is there's no you. In, there's no there is no self. There's just physical forces interacting. That's all there is. This is that 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 perspective. That's all there is. There's not even a mind. There's only a brain. What to speak of uh, an atma or something? There's only a brain. And this is a very impoverished, like very like uh, impoverished uh, perspective. But it's it's like flatland, you know. It's total <laughs> one-dimensional, uh, at, you know, at at, be at best uh, perspective. 
And it's, it's ironic that it touts itself as being rational and considers religion and the spirituality to be irrational when it really gives no place for rationality to have any any bearing on the nature of truth, hmm? the nature of being. Whereas from the spiritual perspective, of course, we, 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 we give some place to reason. We don't think it has the power unto itself to pronounce untruth completely, but it has some place in, in, in doing that in connection, for example, with, with revelation to reason about experiences that come from transrational practices. Hmm? That's what the sacred texts are about. From transrational practices, certain experiences come. Hmm? And then they're shared. And so we're, so we're talking about. So there, there, there are different forms of Vedanta. We're talking about a nuanced form of Vedanta where the where the you out there what's out there and who's looking are, are, are one and, and different at the same time um, materialism again everything is one it's all just it's all just what's observed and there doesn't happen to be an observer really <laughs> uh, now you want to go to the other end of the spectrum you got the radical non-dualism for example of Advaita Vedanta and then there's no matter there's nothing out there Hmm? It's all subjective. There's only consciousness. Hmm? So these are two other two ends of this of the spectrum. You have a spiritual form of non-dualism. You have a material form of of non-dualism. Hmm? The, the 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 latter, the material, denies any any role. Of, uh, in the world for consciousness, it has no efficacy. It has no. Um, uh, there's no consciousness agent of action that's doing anything. Hmm. It, 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 it says that while you think that you think I'm going to do this and now I'm going to do that, and that the, 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 your actions are driven by your thoughts, they're not. Hmm. That's there idea. So uh, this is again, this is uh, materialism. It denies a role for consciousness. And the non-dualism of Dvaita, for example, uh, denies uh, any any real real role for the world. The famous statement of uh, Shankar, Brahma Satyam Jagan Mitya. Consciousness is, is real there is no world. It's false. There is no world. Hmm. There is no objective stuff out there. So these are two ends of the spectrum. That is another choice. <laughs> exactly. So these are where the schools of Vaishnavism come in and 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 give a nuanced uh, perspective, especially, for example, in our school of non-dualism, as I'm explaining. Hmm. And when you have this nuanced uh, type of perspective, which again derives from a particular interpretation of the sacred texts, which are important, hmm? they're important. In other words, if we in the West are beginning to think that consciousness has a role, we should understand that's a new development in the West. It may have been something you've been interested in since you were a kid, but it's a new development 
in in the in the history of Western thought. Hmm? And it's still thought to be a little bit out there, hmm? for the most part. <laughs> a little bit on the fringe. Hmm? A little bit flaky, if you will. Right? That's where where we're at, okay? We're on the fringe. <laughs> but we got something powerful. Hmm? It's 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 consciousness. We're holding on to it. We're saying it has value, it has meaning, and uh, it, we can make a good case for it, and so forth. So, <clears throat> so it's my point is that that reference to the Gita, the Bhagwat, the Upanishads, for example, that is powerful. These are not old dusty books. They need to be understood in contemporary society by contemporary saints and so forth, but they've been talking about this for a long time. Not only have they been talking about it, but they've been talking about it in such a way that their the conceptual orientation that it that they offer about the nature of consciousness, the nature of the mind, the nature of the body that you're asking about, fosters a certain type of action. There's someone someone by which you can get start to get experience of that, um, that theory. Hmm? So, so uh, you know, here in the West, we're very, um, you know, we're it, right? So, take some idea from another culture and let's, you know, make it better. Mm-hmm. Wrap it up in a new package and and uh, and, and and so forth. Uh, you might want to slow down a little bit with regard to this. This is a big, big bite. A big meal here, the nature of consciousness to chew on. You're gonna just go in there and just, I'll take it. I got it. I figured it out. Hmm? Where is, where is, like you take a guy like uh, Sam Harris, a popular um, atheist who uh, uh, dabbled a little bit in the East, maybe wanted to be a guru at one time when he was a kid, and they told him no. <laughs> so he, he became a materialist. Um, 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 he has an idea that we, we don't need religion hmm? and all this baggage and religious interpretations. We can interpret the conscious, the experience of mystics in our own way. We can put things on their brains and figure out exactly. He, he made a statement once. We met this guy who was in the cave for long. We put... It, all these things on his head, whatever, and, and we talked and we realized he, he didn't really understand what he was experiencing. He was just living in the cave for 30 years, you know, in bliss. He didn't understand that this that this neuron was firing and that neuron was firing and dopamine was coming in and what was really happening, he didn't understand. Sam, <laughs> you might want to go there and then talk about it. <laughs> Who didn't understand uh, obviously, there are different ways to interpret events. What's what's taking place, right? Hmm? Uh, it's it's a given in Vedanta that the brain um, is like a glove, and 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 and, and the mind, uh, more even subtle glove. The the brain's a the physical is like a mitten, you know, and and the and the and the and the and the brain's like a, like a silk glove for the hand. 
That's consciousness. So consciousness, when it's going to function in the world, it's going to cause the brain to do things. It's going to cause the body to do things and so forth. So you can just say, see, that's just the body doing this. Is the mind. So, no. My point is, his idea is, let their, we need secular mystics. And I said, well, let's have one. <laughs> Where's the first one? <laughs> let's find him, you know, bring him, bring him forward. You know. Huh? Bring, bring him, bring him to the, you know, let's see what he says. She says, but we're waiting, we're waiting, hmm? right? Hmm? So, you know, this is kind of an example of what I'm saying. You know, just like we take some idea, we'll just interpret our own way, but we'll, it's, this is a big thing to digest, the nature of being. This is the old question. This is what life's about. Hmm? And, um, and how far modern America and, and, and even Western philosophy has understood uh, uh, the nature of being, it, you know, it's pretty... How often, you can ask the question, how happy are people? How fulfilled are they? Hmm? How, <laughs> uh, we'll look for some objective evidence. Uh, hmm? the, the brain, reasoning, that's whatever you want to call it, brain, mind, rational, intelligence, has been going at it in the Western world for a long time. Are they getting anywhere with that? Hmm? Our idea is reason needs help. It is an instrument, but for actually knowing, it needs help from beyond itself. So we are supernaturalists, so we accept that there are things that are unnatural. <laughs> right? We think that there are things that, that transcend the natural world, that give it meaning, power, and so forth. And it begins with us, the Atman. And, and, and these, these ideas have really been um, uh, comparatively well digested in the East in these texts. Now, that's not that India isn't influenced by the West and so forth, for example. Obviously it is. And, and it's, it's hard not to be when you're in this world and a carrot of acquisition is waved bef before you, which is our, excuse me, the direction we, we, we're moving in, and it's as unsatisfying as it, as it is. Um, but we would do well, anyway, to, to, to look to such texts and traditions who for centuries, centuries have produced results. Where's the result? One guy in a cave or, or one Vaishnav? Like, like my Guru Maharaj? Hmm? What he did? You only need one. <laughs> you don't need more than one. You only need one. Hmm? There is more than one. We have them. Hmm? Yeah, that's another thing. <laughs> but <laughs> but we only need one. Hmm? And so so the beginning of the answer to your question is that is the, is this conceptual orientation, this sambanda. Hmm? And so if you have an Advaitin orientation, for example, uh, you wouldn't call it sambanda because there is no relationship. There's nothing to have a relationship. There's no Maya Shakti. There's no. There's no Jiva Shakti. There's no individual Atma. There's no. There's no matter. There's only Brahman. Hmm? Um, so that's a harder way to <laughs> uh, to go about it, um, and 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 you won't get with, get the same result. You get a, an interesting result for sure, but 
but uh, but if you if you the beginning anyway of yes it's is it, it, to have a, the conceptual orientation the theoretical knowledge and it, if we're well schooled in that then and we get a consistent diet of that then the conceptual orientation that we have is going to promote almost second nature a way of acting because hmm? I'm going to look and think oh I see it like that now I see this is the beauty of the Gita it teaches us to see what's in front of us that we couldn't see in the first six chapters especially and it's going wow that's interesting I never th thought about that huh? yes ideas like Attachment is the womb from which suffering is born. Hmm? The Buddha couldn't have said it better. Hmm? Like, whoa, that's you know, it, when you're going 90 miles an hour trying to acquire things and thinking by attaching yourself to things, somehow you're going to be improved. Um, that's quite a radical, you know, turnaround, if you will. Um, so. This different conceptual orientation to be grounded in that, hmm? then you start in time to naturally move according to that orientation, at least theoretically, throughout your day. You're reflecting on that, and then you're beginning to watch the mind and and watch the body. It's a good, you know, comedy film. <laughs> It's a disaster. It's a horror movie too. It's everything. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's a murder. You're killing yourself and other people. It's a it's a comedy. It's a horror story. <laughs> so it can keep you pretty entertained. Uh, so so um, to, now of course our orientation involves that that witnessing, but it also involves something else, something active. Hmm? So the activist is the culture of seva service, and uh, and that we try to hone where that service will be we offer that it might um, result in in the greatest remuneration, the experience that the, that the giving is the getting hmm? that you got yourself. As I say, when you give, it would look like you you lost something, you got less, but you actually get more. Hmm? You come closer to. The fullness, so to speak, that that you are. So that's the beginning, right? You got to get it. Got to be theoretically well grounded. Hmm? Yeah, and then 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 you're you're already plugged into the idea that that things are going to happen, and they're going to be disconcerting. Hmm? And as much as I'm affected by it emotionally and. Uh, Perhaps economically, physically, and so forth. I'm living in a bigger picture. Like I've told before, when I was a kid in sixth grade, I had a girlfriend. You know, in those days it was different. But um, I never talked to her, and she had never talked to me. <laughs> uh, and so, anyway, she ended up talking to some other guy, and that was the end of that. And so it was very disturbing to me, although I had never talked to her. And so my mother weighed in on the situation and what she did was she gave me a bigger picture hmm? right the bigger picture and I thought that's the way to solve these problems you got there's a bigger picture to look into I mean obviously it was 
you know, semi-philosophical, <laughs> you know, these things happen. <laughs> it's just <laughs> just hormones, you know, or whatever. But the bigger picture, the more you step into it and try to live in that bigger picture, then the more the problems that loom and look large in our life, emotional, physical, economic, and so forth, the more they're seen in perspective, and, and the smaller they are, and the easier they are, easier they are, easier they are to, to deal with. Mm -hmm. Especially when the bigger picture is as big as the one that Bodhi Vaishnavism provides, about which we're only we're talking about just the baseline of it here this evening. It's the baseline of it. The difference between consciousness and 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 mind, or consciousness and and body, for example. Mm -hmm. This is just the begin. What is, now? What is the potential of consciousness, unfettered by body and mind? This is what we call rasa, and it's a big world. So the more we enter there, then the, the smaller and the smaller the problem. The world itself becomes small. What's big of the problems that we experience? Hmm? What did Chudamar say? World War Three, let it be. <laughs> you know, at one point, you know, it just kind of went off like that. Uh, so that perspective is, is it, we, we, it's possible. I mean, the sun is burning out. That's our perspective. So you can't, that's why we're transcendentalists. You can't solve the problems. That doesn't mean we should live as good people and try to do the best things we can and so forth. But we're living in a bigger picture. The more you step into that, hmm, the smaller the world becomes, the smaller the problems become, the easier they are to deal with, to the point where they actually then become serve as impetus to help you. At a certain point, the whole thing can becomes converted, and all the problems become helping hands. Hmm. Those the, the environment is, becomes friendly, yes, even as it appears to be abusing you. Hmm. So enough. Try that. Okay. <laughs> all right. So nice to sit with you all. We will continue again. It's going to get together in the morning here at, at what time? Six, if you're up for that. Otherwise, in the evening. Anchakopatruvyas chakrivasindu vieva chapatitanum bhavani vishnabhimu.